In today's show, we are looking at Sunday's action across the NBA, previewing a nine-game Monday. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Let's talk about Sunday's action across the NBA. Eight games in the NBA. There's nine games coming on Monday. I hope you guys have done have done well in your matchups. I hope you guys had wins. In your matchups, let's talk about those matchups. Let's talk about what went on uh, across the league. So let's have a look at the first game that we take a look at here. Was uh, That's not the first game, is it? There we go. That's better. The first game was the Boston Celtics against the Pistons. The Celtics win in the end, 122-120. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined for zero free throw attempts, which is wild. Brown had 31 with five triples, continuing his strong start to the season. He is the 13th ranked player, amazingly, this season. Um, that's It's just huge. You never could have expected that from Jalen Brown to be up ranked that high. While um, he had 40, uh, sorry, he had 31 fantasy points today, he's only 23rd in points leagues, while Jason Tatum had uh, 58 fantasy points today's game, 24, 8, and 12 with four threes and two blocks. And in category leagues, Brown is rated higher than Tatum, and it's the other way around in points leagues. Marcus Smart also coming to the party, now up to 64th on the season, 17 with 10 assists, a block, a three, 50% shooting, six of six from the line. You know I was massive on Smart around that 45 to... Uh, 45 to 60 sort of area. Um, yeah, really, really interesting um, performances from him to be able to get back into it at the level that he has. Yeah, super impressive stuff. Daniel Tice had 15 and four, one of his better games, while Tristan Thompson had 12 and 11. And they keep persisting with that double big lineup. I don't know how long it's going to last, but they are persisting with it. Jeff Teague sprained his ankle in this one, um, but that was late in the game. Peyton Pritchard played 28 minutes, 5-4-4 four, and four with a triple one. I think that Pritchard is going to remain in the rotation even when Kemba Walker returns, and it will be... Um and it will be Jeff Teague that misses out. Uh, Pritchard's been impressive. I'm not saying that he's a must-roster guy by any stretch, but he is the 152nd-ranked player so far this season in category leagues. He's you know, down lower in points leagues outside the top 200, but he's been very impressive in his time. For the Pistons, Josh Jackson hurt his ankle. I would assume he does not play on Monday. 13 points in 14 minutes. I don't think his upside is high enough that you have to stick with him and have to hold if he misses any time. Um, he is so far the 95th-ranked player in points leagues, but he's lower in category leagues. Jeremy Grant's big year continues. A top 50 player so far, 22-6 and six with two threes on 50% shooting on 26 usage and another strong Mason Plumley night, 13-8. and eight. He's a must-roster player. McKay Luke came in when Jackson went down. 15 points in 15 minutes. Maybe he's an option for Monday's game if Josh happens to miss. While Sadiq Bay, Sadiq Bay is fine uh, on the games that Griffin misses, but not worth holding otherwise. Another poor night from Killian Hayes. I still believe he's a massive buy low for Dynasty Leagues, 
But for category leagues at the moment, you, you drop him, and then when the minutes come back up, you pick him up later on. Five points with four assists in just the 24 minutes, while Isaiah Stewart played more than uh, Jolly Okafor. Something I did talk about and expected to happen. I just wasn't sure it was going to happen as immediately as it has. Next up is the Lakers. They took on the Memphis Grizzlies. They win it pretty easily in the end, 108-94. Tone Davis had three steals and three blocks to go with 17-9. and He's coming back up the rankings, 33rd at the moment. He's down at 25th in points leagues after his 44-point performance today. The table, Montrez Harrell, also one of his better games, 16-9. But the thing I'm more curious is, is the minutes. Only 21 of them for Harrell. That is absolutely a concern to me. He's outside the top 115 this season. He's 109th in points leagues. In 10-team leagues, I don't think he's a hold. And I I think he's a 12-team maybe hold, but maybe not. KCP was out, so Kyle Kuzma started. 30 minutes, 11 points, three threes, and two blocks. He's still rostered in far too many leagues, but in saying that, he is the 135th ranked player this year in, in category leagues. He's worse in points leagues, but I just don't think that he's a guy that we need to hold. While with KCP out, we got more minutes for Wes Matthews, 14 points and four threes and two steals. Marcus Gasol played 24 minutes, more than Montrezl Harrell, it's worth noting. While we also got 24 minutes of Taylor Horton Tucker, still only a, a very deep league guy. While the Dennis Schroeder, uh, remember how good he was to begin the year? He's the 113th ranked player now. He had 11 points in 32 minutes. This is more around where I expected him to be this season. After his hot start, he has cooled off pretty considerably. For the Grizzlies, D'Anthony Melton was healthy and ready to play. He just didn't. John Conchar got those minutes, and Conchar was great. Conchar just does these things. And amazingly, John Conchar is the 129th ranked player this year. Four points, five rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block. Conchar should be getting minutes somewhere, but there are a lot of guys that I like here. He should be getting them ahead of Grayson Allen. I don't know that much. Conchar, interesting performance. He's just a deeper league guy for the time being. Tyus Jones had 14 points in 32 minutes. I'm so interested to see how they integrate Melton into this. Because Jones played 32, Conchar 17, Desmond Bain played 21 and looked great. Jones is a 12-team ad. Bain looked pretty good, 13 with three threes. And I will maintain this, that Bain is a better option to start at shooting guard than Dylan Brooks. I don't think they'll ever do it, but he is better. Brooks, uh, this is the Dylan Brooks experience. I tweeted the other day uh, how people are liking the Dylan Brooks experience, and people thought that I was saying it as a positive because he put up good scoring numbers. Watching him is so unbelievably frustrating because he just doesn't understand what a good shot is. 20% shooting for nine points. Now, to be fair to him, he's been good this year. He had five assists, and that's pretty strong, but I just don't think that he is a long-term answer. He is a must-roster 12-team league guy. While I'm not sure I can say the same about Brandon Clark, I probably still would hold him in 12s. Eight and seven in 29 minutes. The legendary college defensive numbers aren't there. The field goal percentage from last year isn't there. Only 4 of 10 here. Didn't get to the line. He is the 279th ranked player so far this year. And if you're in a points league, I wouldn't even bother with Brandon Clark. I don't think there's much point in holding him in those scenarios. Grayson Allen went from starting to playing 15 minutes coming off the bench with uh, Clark starting over him. I think Allen, I think he should be out of the rotation. I don't know if he will be, but I think that's what they should be looking to do. What you should be looking to do is putting your sporting knowledge to the test College football bowls, orange bowl, rose bowl, sugar bowl, whatever bowl is happening at the moment, college football, NFL playoffs. But you're listening to a fantasy basketball podcast, so you know about the NBA. Put your NBA knowledge to the test, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. And now that 2020 is in the dust, 
We can uh, you know, look forward to brighter and better things. And one of those brighter and better things is Locked On Bets. Your boy Q and Lee Sterling hosting Locked On Bets. Go over there for the best betting advice that you can find daily at Locked On Bets. All right, let's move on. Next game we look at is the Washington Wizards beating the Brooklyn Nets 123-122. The Nets have now lost four of their last five. Tom Bryant, 21-14 in 28 minutes for the tank. People, there's still people who are telling me, hey, should I add Tom Bryant? What are we doing here? Tom Bryant is a must-roster player, 21 and 14, while Brad Beal had 27, 10 and 5 with two blocks. Good all-round performance, but he and Westbrook were trying to see who could be the worst shooter. 36% from Beal. Russ said, Brad, you're an absolute amateur in this. Absolute amateur. Forget about it. 28% for Westbrook on 25 threes. Now, this guy got his free th- field goal percentage way up last year. You know how he did it? By saying, I'm a terrible three-point shooter, so I'll stop taking them. But then he complained in the offseason. I just want to go to a team where I can run it and do my thing. Well, Russ, if your thing is going out there and being a shit-out shooter, then by all means, do it. He took seven three attempts and hit one of them. He should not be taking any. Now, it's hard to be critical because they won the game. He was yeah, even in plus-minus, and yeah, he's putting up big numbers. But this shot selection stuff is crazy. 24, 5, and 10 for Russ with 10 steals. You know, for two steals is good. Davis Bertans. Well, I think the minutes limit might be done. 31 minutes for Davis. 15 points, four triples, six rebounds in 31 minutes. Still not the greatest line, but good to see those minutes up. Well, Hachimura started out really well. 7 of 10 early on, ended on uh, 15 points. But of course, no threes, two rebounds, three assists, and a steal. Someone had an argument with me today, or not had an argument, just told me that I was wrong. In all caps, of course, Rui Hachimura is not a drop. He's absolutely a drop. He is not a must-roster 12-team league guy. His game is too incomplete to do that. And Scott Brooks, he might be one of the worst coaches in the NBA, despite this win against the Nets, because I don't understand playing 50 or 12 minutes of Jerome Robinson while Troy Brown doesn't play at all, Isaac Bonga doesn't play, play at all, and Denny Avdia plays just 16 minutes. It was always going to be a squeeze for Avdia once Hachimura returned and Bertans was getting minutes back. Um, no restriction for Bertans, apparently, so Avdia's way down. I reckon that is almost your indication to drop him. I wouldn't do it just yet. Let's see what happens next game, but that is obviously a horrible sign for his value after this game. For the Nets, Timotei Lawawu Cabrero, 14 points with 4-3, shot the ball well, but do not trust that. It's a stream option. It's a deep league option, and it's one you add when KD and Kyrie sit. Irving had 30 with 10 assists, and he had a Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. While Kevin Durant had 28, 11, and 7 on some pretty nice shooting numbers. Durant is the fourth-ranked player this season. Irving is seventh. Jared Allen, clearly not one person in the world could argue that DeAndre Jordan is the better player here, and that's why Allen is getting the more, more minutes. 25 of them, 14 and 11 with four blocks. That's awesome. He is a must-roster player, while DeAndre Jordan is the opposite. Get his ass all the way out of here. Four and five in 15 minutes. Should I tell you that Karis LeVert is a droppable player? I won't. Come back to me this time next week, and I probably will. Six points, 25 minutes, five rebounds, five assists, and three blocks. And if you didn't have the three blocks here, this would be a shitful line. 23%. And like Russell Westbrook, he pisses on your percentages, but he just doesn't put up those counting stats. Now, when KD and Kyrie are out, he'll put up good numbers. But it's just been game after game after game of Levert struggling outside of that opener against the Warriors. I'm still holding. It's just. But it might not be forever. This is sort of where I had him projected coming into the season. I was very much down on Levert and hated his ADP at around 80 or 90 where it was. The next game we look at, the Denver Nuggets, they smashed the Wolves 124-109. Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. A little bit empty of a line. 
as much as a 19-12-12 triple-double can be, but no threes, steals, or blocks on 67% shooting. He remains the number two player in fantasy so far this season. While the Blue Arrow, the headmaster, Jamal Murray, he was bubbling. 65% there, 30 from the field, 36 points, three threes, four assists. That's really strong. And how about my mate, Faku? Yes, Faku, 15 points, five triples, three steals, one block. You know that I was he was like a flyer type. Take him at the end of the draft, see what happens. Maybe he can take over from Gary Harris. It didn't happen to begin the season, but you know what did happen today? He took over from Gary Harris. 25 minutes for Gaz, who had two points on one of eight shooting and was terrible. Campazzo was great. Am I rushing to add him? Of course not. But in 16-team leagues, I'll add him. And then we'll see where we go from there. Jermichael Green played 27 minutes, 14 and 5 with three threes. I'm absolutely watching what that means for the future because Paul Millsap played only 25. And that meant that Isaiah Hartenstein was out of the rotation. We saw um, Millsap, Green, and Jokic play all those front court minutes. And also Malone's uh, secret son, PJ Dozier, who had seven points in 20 minutes. Monty Morris, while Michael Porter out, strong ad, 11-3-6. And Farton Will Barton continues to suck. Eight points on 11 shots. He did have six rebounds and six assists with two blocks. But I just he's just someone I just don't like watching play. Speaking of not liking watching them play, D'Angelo Russell had 18-4-7 in 30 minutes. Four threes, two steals, and a block. Now, that's it's a pretty good line, let's be fair. But he looked pretty shit early on, and I'm still not convinced that he's a good player. And he was a minus 21, which is uh, a team worst. It's horrible. The Wolves changed the starting lineup. Rubio went to the bench. Naz Reed went to the bench. So Ed Davis could be a traffic cone for Nicole Jokic. Davis had five and eight while Reed had 13 and four. Reed is the ad, but he's not a high upside ad. He's, he always seems to get limited by fouls or some other bullshit. Jarrett Culver had 20 points in 28 minutes, 62% shooting with three steals, probably his best game for the year, but that doesn't mean he's even a top 200 player this season. That's how poor he's been. I wouldn't be... Um, I wouldn't be doing too much there with him. While Malik Beasley played 38 minutes, 25, 7, and 5 with a steal and two blocks on 63% shooting. And I've got a theory right now. I don't know how accurate it is. I haven't got the data behind it, but it's a big bad coach thing to do. If you're a bad coach, you the only people who buy into revenge game theories are bad coaches. And they, they were, I can't remember who did it, but there was someone who said, oh, he's playing his former team. So even though he's out of the rotation, I'll start him and play him big minutes. And playing 38 minutes to Malik Beasley against his former team feels exactly what Ryan Saunders did. And Ryan Saunders is a bad coach, so the theory holds. I have no other examples at the top of my head, and I haven't kept track of this, but I know it's happened in the past. I think maybe it was a JB Bickerstaff special. Maybe. Anyway, Beasley had a big game here. 25-7-5, and five, a steal two blocks. I'd sell high if you can. Anthony Edwards is not a 12-team league guy. Five points on four shots. Four shots! Uh, and still can't crack the starting lineup, even with Josh Okogie out. When Juancho Hernan Gomez started, pff, I don't know why, he had six points in his 26 minutes, which obviously is not uh, not getting it done for most people. Bilt Bar gets it done, though. If you're looking for the best-tasting protein bar ever, Bilt Bar is the one that you need to try. Six brand-spanking new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. I woof these blokes down. They taste fantastic, just like a candy bar or as we would say in Australia, just like a chocolate bar. Covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. These new bars, the cookies and cream, the big fella, 17 grams of protein with 130 calories and just 4 grams of sugar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That promo code is LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right. 
Let's build on to having a look at this next game. That was a horrible out transition. The Utah Jazz, they smashed the Spurs. Absolutely spanked them. 130 to 109. Boyan Bogdanovich, 27 minutes, 28.63s. 77% shooting. Now, we said he wouldn't be that bad of a shooter. I'll say it now. He's not this good of a shooter. But it's great to see that the wrist obviously wasn't impacting him here. And that was my biggest concern with Bogdanovich. Is he a must-add player? He's probably a soft-add player because he's not going to shoot this well. He's probably not going to shoot that poorly. But he doesn't offer much more apart from scoring. Donovan Mitchell only went to the line once, which is always a pain in the ass, but nine assists with 22 points, and Jordan Clarkson chipped in 18 off the bench, and Gobert had six blocks to go with 16 rebounds. And big Royce O'Neal, 29 minutes for Royce, 11-11-5. He's an interesting deeper league ad for the uh, for the coming up week. Mike Conley, not his best night, but still, he's been unbelievable. 39th ranked player this season, averaging 15 with four assists. Conley has been you know, super impressive after what was a real disappointment last year. Conley is the 51st ranked player in points leagues. On to the San Antonio Spurs. Keldon Johnson continues to amaze. He's the 50th ranked player this year. 22-7 and seven with two steals. Must roster player in every league. While DeRozan had 19 and Rudy Gay had 10 in 23 minutes. Some disturbing news about Derek White. He was out with his toe injury. And they don't know for sure. But he may not join them on the upcoming road trip. Which is another five games. Now some of that might just be travel and COVID protocols. But it's not a great sign. Now I'm not dropping Derek White. Let's, he might. They said they might. he might join the road trip at some point. So we don't know that for sure. Just a terrible night from DeJounte Murray. 8% shooting, 4 points, but 5 assists and 3 steals. His assist rate gets a reprieve with White out, um, and you don't do anything after this game. You do do something with Lonnie Walker, though, because he's not good. 11 points on 11 shots, and I don't know how many times in Lonnie Walker's career I've said points and field goal attempts as being equal. It happens so often, and he offers nothing else. 11 points in 22 minutes, not a 12-team league guy. And with no LaMarcus Aldridge, which I'm absolutely getting worried about, Yucca uh, Pertl had 11 and 7 in 24 minutes. I'm not dropping Aldridge, but now he's got this sore knee, and he's missed three in a row, and he had limited minutes, and he was shit-outs beforehand. I'd love to know what's actually going on here with LaMarcus Aldridge, because it's not great. Devin Vassell had three steals and three assists. That's fantastic, but he just doesn't play most nights. So it's hard to get excited. When White come back, comes back, he's just not going to have a role that's large enough for us really to care about, which is really unfortunate. All right, let's move on to the next game. We're looking here at the Phoenix Suns. They went down in the end to the Clippers, 112-107. The Beatle, Paul George. 39 points in 38 minutes, seven triples, four assists, two steals, and a block. You know that I was pretty big on him at the top of the second round, and uh, it's paying off big time. He is the sixth-ranked player this time. Uh, it always made sense that he was going to be better than last year because he was never going to play 29 minutes a game, as I banged into your heads repeatedly that he was going to at least play more minutes than that, and he's been great. Nick Batum, 14 points with four threes and three assists. It's hard to trust Batum at this stage. Morris's return is apparently on the horizon. While it was a terrible night for the fun guy, Kawhi Leonard, 19% shooting. 15-6-3 a steal on a block, 7-10 of 10 from the line. Let's just chalk it up to an absolute stinker. While Abaka, remember when he was shooting 71% from two? Yeah. That's not happening anymore. 33 from the field, 8-7. and seven. He is he's more of a 14-team league must roster. He's a fine 12-team league guy, but not a must guy in every scenario. Good night from Canard, but it did take 71% shooting to get there. 14 points for the Duck in, uh, in 25 minutes, while Beverly had 7-9 and nine in his 28 minutes. Um, for the Suns, Chris Paul got hit in the balls, but he was all right in the end. 36 minutes, 15, 9, and 6 with a triple one, while DeAndre Ayton, second straight big game. Now, it comes on really good shooting, 75%, but it's also important to see that he got to the line seven times and hit six of them. 24 and 8 for him, and Devin Booker, who's also been struggling, had 25, 5, and 8, and I talked about him 
on the pregame show today, uh, saying that he was, I think it was the pre, I can't remember. Maybe it was one of the articles I wrote on uh, on uh, Yahoo. Anyway, I said that things were going to look a bit better, and they did. Dario Saric was great off the bench, while McCall Bridges' minutes continue to be huge. Just couldn't hit the shots. One of seven for seven points, but eight boards and two blocks, and remains, obviously, a must-roster player. Cameron Johnson's rostered in way too many leagues. I know he's a top 100 player this year, but he's only providing threes. Eight points, two threes, that's really it. Not much else. I think you can do better than him, and that's by streaming that spot. Well, Jay Crowder had six points in his 31 minutes. Nothing too exciting there. The next game, the Chicago Bulls. They beat the Luka Doncic-less Dallas Mavericks. Jalen the Burner Brunson, 38 minutes, 31 points with seven assists and five rebounds. Six of six from the line, 65% from the field for Brunson. If he if Doncic is out again on Monday, Brunson's an interesting stream, but he won't be this good. While Maxi Kleber is continuing to play well. 16 points, three threes, five rebounds. He's got 12-team league value at this point. Dwight Powell not really doing a huge amount at this stage. While Joshie Richardson continues to have his struggles. He's outside the top 140. 16 in 36 minutes, and Finney Smith had five points. I'm not convinced Richardson's a must-roster 12-team guy. I think he's a droppable 10-team league guy. I think he's a soft 12-team hold. Tim Hardaway, not a great night. 13 points on 27% shooting. For the Bulls, Zach Levine. A lot of people, man, oh, I'm so down on Levine. What do I do? Like, you wait. You wait for this. 39-6-5 with three threes. Kobe White, man, he's shit. 23-7-5 with four threes. Like, this is why... We had faith in them. After four games, you can't make sweeping judgments. Big performances. Otto Porter, 15 and 7 in 29 minutes. And Patrick Williams also played 28 minutes. 6 and 5, but Williams brought the defense. Three steals and two blocks. I'm not sure Williams' upside is enough to hold on in all scenarios. And Porter, we don't know how it's all going to work with Markinen, who looks like he's going to be out for the next week. Same with Sadoransky, who's contracted COVID. Same with Archer Jackano, and same with Hutchison. We don't know how they're all going to go. But the Williams-Young-Porter situation is leading to some confusing minutes. And it's very confusing to see Garrett, not Garrett Temple, Wendell Carter Jr. play 23 minutes. The Bulls went small in this one with 23 minutes for Carter and 19 minutes for Gafford. So some centerless minutes with Thad Young playing some of that time there. Carter has been disappointing this year. He's still a top 150 guy, but barely. 7-7 seven and seven for him, I am holding, while Gafford had 12-4. and four. He's a nice 16-team league ad at this point, Daniel Gafford. Thad Young had 7-4, and four, and I don't think that he's someone that we really need to get too excited about for any sort of 12-team formats. Let's go on to the last game of the night. The Portland Trailblazers continue to disappoint. 122 to the Warriors, 137. CJ McCollum, uh, he did fall off a little bit in terms of the shooting numbers, but 28 and 9 with two threes, five assists, and two steals is really good. And Lillard had 32 with six triples. Let's talk Yusuf Nurkic again. Jesus Christ. 23 minutes, seven and six. Now, the positive side, he had three assists, two steals, and two blocks. He had a usage of over 20%. If, uh, he unfortunately only went three of 10 from the field and only one of two from the line. Um, the makings of a good line is there, but it's obviously not there. The fact that he continues to get played or outplayed by Ennis Cantor is concerning. Um, and it's not that I can sit here and say, Terry Stott, you're a dickhead. Um, you know, you're losing games. What are you doing? Because Cantor's worse than, or Cantor's better than Nurkic at the moment when he's out there. This won't last for long, but Nurkic must have been pretty screwed up over this offseason because he is not right at all, not focused, not really anything that we have seen from Nurkic in the past, like in the bubble when he was locked in and he was absolutely dominating. And before he broke his leg, absolutely dominating. 
I'm holding, I'm buying low, um, but it's looking like a monumental screw-up to take him in that early part of the third round. You know that I took him in plenty of drafts there because I was convinced that this guy was here. He was a 30-minute-a-night player, and he was going to dominate, and it hasn't happened. Enes Kanter, 24 on top. That is a monster from Enes Kanter. Now, he's not going to go 8 of 10 from the line. He's not going to get to the line 10 times. He's not going to be a 67% shooter either. And in true Enes Kanter style, no threes, no assists, or one assist, one steal, zero blocks, nothing else. He's not a must-roster 12-team league guy. I wouldn't be bothering with him in most situations. And I reckon I reckon Robert Covington, I reckon we have to have a discussion about him. Now, I'm much more happy to drop him than Yusuf Nurkic. Six points in 27 minutes, two threes and two steals. At this point, he's a threes and steals streamer. He is not fitting in well. The shot's not there. The defensive numbers aren't where they used to be. Um, I thought it was always going to be a little bit harder for him to put up defensive numbers playing next to Nurkic and now playing next to Enes Kanter. And he's struggling. And I wouldn't be opposed in a 10-team. And in a points league, I think he's a drop. Uh, in, a, in a category league, I'm probably holding. Gary Trent Jr., seven points in 32 minutes. When the shot doesn't fall, he offers you nothing. Two rebounds, one assist, and one three. That is just the problem with him. Or Derek Jones Jr., wow. 17 minutes, three points. This whole team is, is shit house at this point. They are struggling. Jones, Covington, Nurkic, not playing well at all. That front court combination of Covington and Jones is not working out. Rodney Hood uh, was out of this one. He's dealing with uh, some quad issues, which they're going to be always extra careful with him coming back from the Achilles tear, but some real poor... And even Carmelo Anthony played 27 minutes, the most out of those guys, but 10 points, two threes. He's not worth it in a 12-team league either. Some pretty rough performances, but let's talk good stuff because Steph dropped 62. Yeah. People were talking shit about Steph Curry on the internet, and uh, he didn't like it. 62 points in 36 minutes, eight triples, five rebounds, four assists. I think I had Steph at number five, or definitely in my top five, four or five at the beginning of the year. And people weren't all that happy with it. Um, and he started off rough this season. I thought, oh, did I, did I screw that one up? Um, I feel okay about it at this point, especially after this. At 95% on 18 of 19 from the line, 58 from the field. He shot 50% from three, eight of 16 from three, just nonsense numbers. And remember what I said on... One of these shows, the pregame show today, that I guarantee you that Kelly Oubre won't continue to shoot 4% from three. Uh, well, he was 20% here, so that's an improvement, but 17 and five, two steals and a block. He was an ultimate buy low. He was a definite not drop, and this showed you why. It won't necessarily always be like this. It might be worse. It might be better, but it's definitely going to be better than what it was before this. Jimmy Wiseman, Blunty played 22 minutes, a double-double, 12 and 11 with two blocks, but still the limited minutes is the concern. They don't trust him yet fully in big minutes. It will increase as the season goes on, but that's a good output. While Wiggins had 21 and 7 and Draymond. If Draymond's on your wire, you add him only one point, which is not why you have Draymond Green, but eight assists, one steal, one block. He had three boards as well. He will continue to improve. Uh, you know, Kevon Looney, Ken Bazemore, Damian Lee, Eric Paschal, there's really not much happening. With this, uh, with this bench unit of the Golden State Warriors that you need to pay all that uh, all much attention to. Now, let's have a look at some of the most popular ads over the last 24 hours. Gorgie Jeng's up 15% almost. Uh, I think he's just more of a stream option than anything. Uh, Eric Gordon up 14%. That's yeah because he played awesome without James Harden, and Harden might be in doubt for Monday. Bob Portis up 12%. Maybe they're expecting the Bulls to get smacked by the Bucks, or is it the sorry the Pistons to get smacked by the Bucks? Therefore, more junk time minutes. I don't mind that for a stream. Biombo's up 11%. I like that one. He's playing yeah reasonable 12 team level at the moment, and Sadiq Bay is up almost 9% because Blake Griffin is unlikely to play on Mondays. I think that's a smart move to add him Add him there. Drops. Hassan Whiteside's down 12.5%. Makes total sense. He's gone. Lonnie Walker's down 8%. Get rid of him in 12-team leagues. Lou Dort's down 7%. 
I think that's fine. I think Dort's just a back-end guy. He's not that guy who's going to be one of your best 10 players. He's maybe your 12th or 13th best. And if you want to move on and add someone else, by all means, do it. Nerlens Noel down 7% and DeLon Wright down almost 7% as well. Now, DeLon being down, I would add him back for Monday with Jackson, Rose, and Griffin unlikely to play. But after that, it is going to be hard to hold on to DeLon Wright. Now, I don't know if I'm going to continue to do this, but people have asked for it, and I'm not going to do it exactly how I used to do it before. But the best fantasy performer of the day was Steph Curry. 62 points, four assists, eight triples, five rebounds, 58% from the field and 95% from the line. He is, in fact, in a retro callback, your monstrous line of the night. And if you want to have a look who the... Uh, I'm not going to do the young guy. I'm going to do the rookie watch now. Faku Kompatsu is your best rookie of the day. 15 points for Faku. Um, as the Nuggets uh, took care of business against the Minnesota Timberwolves. 15 points for Campazzo. Three steals in there as well. He also had uh, five triples, two assists, one rebound, and one block, and shot 63% from the field. So they are your best performers from the action on Sunday. Now let's transition to Monday and start talking about the action there and the, and the games for Fangio for Monday in the NBA. All right, let's take a look at that first game. It is the Hornets and the Sixers. The Sixers, nine and a half point favorites here, total 219. I wouldn't be surprised if LaMelo Ball is starting over Devontae Graham. Keep an eye on that one. Um, big, big spread here, nine and a half points. Um, in, indicates maybe some blowout. The, uh, the Hornets have lost their last two by 30 combined, 15 in each of those. Embiid could really destroy here, though. He should be at least a minimum 45-point guy at 9,900. Over on Fangio, I like him a lot. While the Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris, he's up to $8,000. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. That's because he's averaging over 50 points in the last three contests. I think there's probably some cool off happening there, so I'm not overly interested in him. Um, Paul Washington Jr., 5200 for Washington, has been struggling. His thumb has been an issue. He can't shoot at all. He's at least worth throwing into a tournament lineup, I think, at this point, while Bismack Biombo is a cash guy, and Simmons at 87 feels overpriced. I also like Seth Curry at 55, while LaMelo Ball is up to 6,400. He's crushing those numbers. He's putting up big numbers, averaging 39 over the last three. If we hear that he's starting, I think he's a GPP guy, but a $1,400 price rise is just a little bit too expensive to consider him an absolute must-roster guy at this stage. The Cavs. The Magic, no spread at this point because Darius Garland is questionable, as is Evan Fournier for the Magic at this point. Isaac Okoro is also questionable. If he plays, he's at 3,600. There is value there. I like Fultz at 5,800 and Carter Williams at 37, especially if we get Fournier and Ennis both out. That would work pretty well, I think, for Carter Williams. Fournier's at 53, maybe. Uh, Cole Anthony at 38. I don't feel super confident about that, but I do like Drummond to have a bit of a bounce back. 9,500. He was terrible last time out, but he can respond. I think we will look at the Padawan Colin Sexton, though, at 7,100 as an absolute cash lock. If Garland is out, he's going to have the ball in his hands. Well, it doesn't mean he's going to necessarily pass better, but he's going to have a lot of the ball in his hands, and he's a good option. Vooch is at 83, and that's a strong cash play too. While Aaron Gordon at 64, he's looking a bit better, but that's probably a bit high, as is Larry Nance at 72. Although Nance has been really, really strong, averaging 37 over the last three, so I'm not completely ruling out Larry Nance. I'm also not completely ruling out JaVale McGee, who somehow is averaging 29 Fangio points over the last three games. Do I expect that to continue? And do I want to spend 4700 on him? Um, absolutely not, but it's at least worth me mentioning. The Knicks and the Hawks. That's the next game up. The Hawks are six-point favorites. The total is a very Richie Benno-induced... 
two for two, two, two. 222 there for this one. Dino Gallinari is out. Kevin Herter is questionable. Rajon Rondo is doubtful. Dennis Smith is doubtful. Alec Burks is questionable. Lord Alfred Payton's at 53. I love this. It's one of the best plays on the board, I think, as is the double royal Julius Randle at only 8,100. I also like Mitchie Robinson at 55 and Rowan Barrett's at 61. So there's just a ton of value on the Knicks side of things up top. Same as the Baptist John Collins, 6,800. No Danilo Gallinari to um, to come in and take those minutes. I like that. Reddish at 46 is more of a GPP. Well, Clint Capella, how's the minutes for him across the weekend? 30-plus on a back-to-back, getting assists, blocking shots. He had 47 in his last game. Um, at 65, it's maybe a touch too high, but I don't mind it. I think 9,400 for Trey Young it feels a little bit on the high side with how he's playing at the moment. I'm not going to be completely against it, but I'm not totally into it either. The Celtics and the Raptors. This is a back-to-back for Boston. At this point, I'm assuming Tristan Thompson sits down as he recovers from his hamstring problem. The Raptors are three-point favorites. The total is 215. The Rock DJ, Robbie Williams at 42. Last time he played without Thompson, he had a real big one, and I reckon he might have another real big one in this one. He's at 4,200. Stormer Norman Powell at 37. Maybe, but probably not. More of a GPP sort of a guy. While Marcus Smart is absolutely rolling. He's averaging 33 over the last five. And at 5,700, that is an absolute cash lock. And I think Tice at 4,300 looks good for cash, if indeed Thompson is out. The wiki Chris Boucher is at 6,200. I don't think this matchup's going to limit him particularly. So I reckon he is worth a play. He's been playing more than Jason, Jason, more than Aaron Baines and better than Aaron Baines. Well, Jason Tatum's at 9,100. It might be a little bit on the high side for Tatum at this point. Van Vliet at 7,900, I do like quite a bit. While Jalen Brown at 85 also feels like it might be a little bit on that high side. The Raptors are, in fact, three-point favorites in this one, while the total is 215. The next one is the Thunder and the Heat. Um, Avery Bradley has appeared as questionable for health and safety protocol issues, so we'll see how that one goes. Um, I like Darius Baisley a lot here, 5,500. Jimmy Butler's at 77. Not many people are going to be excited about Butler, considering he dropped 12 points last time out. That makes him a GPP option, while Tyler Hero's at 5,400. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Um... I don't like necessarily how he goes alongside Butler, but there is some upside there. Gildas Alexander hasn't come down enough. He's at 8,000, while Horford at 53. One of the best cash plays on the entire slate. And I think if we want to go upside-ish, Kelly Linick at 4,600. He's crushing it. He's averaging 27 in 27 minutes over the last three games. 4,600, he should beat that number. Adebayo's too expensive. Uh, Dort at 47 isn't going to do it for me. Georgie Hill at 56 is probably on the high side as well. Um... You got Teo Maladon at 37. I don't mind that as a GPP guy. He looked pretty good last time out, Teo. So I think there is something to uh, to pay attention to there with Maladon. Not getting highly invested in it though. The Pacers and the Pelicans. The Pelicans are one point favorites. The total is 218. Aaron Holiday is a minimum salary player. You throw him into a GPP. Justin Holiday is at 4,000. He's not really a good DFS guy. While Eric Bledsoe at 51. I smash that. 5,100 is so cheap for Bledsoe. I am all about that one. Zion's at 75. I'd leave that. Same with Lonzo at 65. Sabonis is up to 92. Uh, I reckon it's probably too high. He's been great, but that's on the high side. Oladipo at 7,200 looks better than Sabonis at, at 92. And Brogdon's all the way up at 78. He's up that high because he's been crushing it. I just think that that one reeks of being a little bit too high. 
I reckon we're going to see some value develop in this next game, though. The Detroit Pistons on a back-to-back against the Bucks. We don't have confirmation of this before, uh, well, for sure at this point, but we expect there to be no Blake Griffin. We expect there to be no Josh Jackson, who twisted his ankle on uh, Sunday. And I also expect there to be no Derek Rose. So opportunities are going to be opening up right across the board here. Delon Wright's at 4,400. Happy with that. Killian Hayes at 3,900. You might say Hayes is trash and he's been really poor. But the last time he played without Rose and Griffin, he had 28 points in 29 minutes. And at 3,900, you take that every day of the week. I'm also pretty interested to see Bobby Portis because this is a blowout. Portis at 4,700 can get you 25 easily. And then DiVincenzo's at 48. I'm not as interested in that. Yanni's at 11.4. I guess the only risk we have here is the blowout potential. So that might make me, at that level of salary, uh, fade off him. While Sadiq Bay at 4,200. 31 points last start when Griffin was out. 4,200. I reckon you've almost got to include him. Same with Jeremy Grant at 7,300 for Grant, which is uh, tie. But um, I think without Griffin and without Rose, he's going to be getting a lot of usage. Dallas and Houston, we don't know if James Harden's playing. He's questionable. Luka Doncic sat out Sunday's game. We don't know if he's going to play, and that obviously holds a big question mark for a lot of this stuff. Um, Richardson's at 4,800. Also, we don't know if Dwight Powell's going to play. Returning from his Achilles injury, if Dwight Powell is out, then does Boban become an option in 15 to 20 minutes? There's a real possibility, or even Willie Cauley-Stein could jump up, and they could be some of your GPP options if Dwight Powell does sit down. Harden's at 11-4. Doncic is at 11-1. I wouldn't want to use either of them with the uncertainty over their statuses. Um, if Harden is out, Christian Wood is a great option, but he's at 9,100. Now, if Harden is out, I probably would spend that on him, and same as John Wall at 8,500, but if Harden plays, they're just way too overpriced. Eric Gordon would be a great value option as well, 5,300 for Eric if we do have Harden sitting this one out. Hardaway's at 5,800, and that looks pretty good in a Doncic absence, same as Jalen Bronson at 4,500, who had a pretty strong game on Sunday. The last game of the day is the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. The Kings are two and a half point favorites here, and the total is 232. Kelly Oubre at 52, great GPP option, while I do like Bud Heald at 57. Um, James Wiseman down to 4,600. He's only a tournament guy. I wouldn't trust him in a cash spot. 8,000 is too high for Fox. I think Wiggins at 63 looks all right. And Curry's at 95. I think I'd rather Curry at 95 than Doncic and Harden at that extra $2,000. While Rashawn Holmes at 6,300 looks to be a relatively solid bet, as does, amazingly, the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He's been getting 30s relatively regularly and playing a lot of four. And I think that's not a bad option to use Harrison Barnes there. That'll do it. For today's show, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Uh, Give me a follow, social media, give it a tweet, give it a like, give it all that stuff, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.